Well, this is Richard C. Wilson at the Family Office Club, and today we're doing a member spotlight interview with Daniel Hughes from Hughes & Company. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, Richard. How are you? Thank you Good for having yourself. me. Sure, no problem. Glad to have you here, and uh, it was good to see you at the Super Summit a few months ago, and I know we bumped into each other at another event in uh, Q1 before those were, were shut down. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your firm, Hughes & Company. You've been uh, part of the Family Office Club for a little while now. What is it that you guys do exactly? So we're an introducing broker that uh, focuses on the futures landscape. Primarily that is you know, serving as the home base for commodities trading advisors you know, in the management of their customer accounts, uh, kind of their go-to to make sure their business flows smoothly. Um, also, we introduce um, and provide introduce uh, full-service brokerage for you know, family offices and companies who trade on their own or who also allocate to commodities trading advisors as part of their overall portfolio. And then because of that and our kind of our expertise and, and spending a lot of time in that field dedicated to it, uh, we've also started you know, introducing commodities trading advisors to qualified investors who express interest in the space and you know, want to know more about it and kind of have um, just more options on the table as part of the diversification process. Sure. Okay. And a lot of investors have money into, uh, you know, the stock market, ETFs, you know, maybe they start with single family rentals and they might allocate some independent sponsors from the real estate space. What types of investors do you see allocating to CTAs? You know, when should people, people be considering that and how do they act differently than, than other things that are typically in people's portfolios? Okay. So a lot of that comes uh, from my background as well. Um, I started out at Deutsche Bank in New York City, and I did institutional sales there. And I worked with um, RIAs and family offices, and they primarily managed, you know, uh, kind of plain vanilla, you know, equities long short. And um, and what I did at Deutsche Bank kind of culminated my career in investment management as my role as a broker. So what started out as as providing research to you know investment advisors and and working with them. I've, I've kind of developed a good uh, track record of, of having involvement with investment advisors and how that's developed um, you know, from Deutsche Bank in New York City. I moved down to South Florida and uh, when my wife wanted to get her PhD and um, I worked at train station on, on the institutional desk there, you know, involved with a lot of different asset classes. Uh, so not only futures, but um, involved with equities and, and and pretty much the whole landscape of, of investment opportunities that, that are out there. Um, branching off to setting up Hughes & Company, I focused specifically on futures as it was a, as an avenue where I, I got a lot of interest for advisors that were, especially emerging advisors. And it is a you know an asset class that uh, is very complementary to an overall portfolio. Um, so with what we mainly do now, I see a lot of interest in the, the futures landscape, um, not only from family offices and from investors in general, but as well as advisors and, and, and firms that want to hedge risk or have uh, the futures component as part of their overall portfolio. Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, I didn't know that you were at TradeStation. Um, you know, Lance and Willie are old friends of mine. Uh, who were there for several years, maybe maybe around the same time as you. Um, in terms of how futures and CTA managers have done during all the volatility going on right now, I'm sure there's a full spectrum of ones that have done well, ones that have not done well. But I know in some types of hedge fund strategies, for example, the whole strategy is to capture volatility and be in and out of trades and 
sometimes they excel when there's a lot of volatility. Um, how do CTA funds, you know, typically adapt during a time like this, or a lot of them built for a time like this, or, you know, how's that looking across the clients that you're serving? So, I mean, yeah, as you said, there's a, there's a good dispersion of returns across CTAs. Um, a lot of CTAs um, may focus on specific sectors, or they might focus on particular strategies, be they short-term or, or be they long-term, uh, in terms of how they approach yeah, the overall investing you know, landscape. Um, I guess to, to take a step back, if you look at you know, the, the, primary, the primary role of, kind of the CTA itself, um, a lot of uh, investors that come into the, the CTA landscape, you know, they might want to get exposure to a particular asset class, and that's mm-hmm. something we can touch on in a second. But in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the investment returns, typically what you're seeing is a lot of non-correlation. Uh, what happened during the sell-off, and, and obviously in February and March, you, you saw a lot of positive correlation um, with the S&P. So there were periods of times where, you know, the market sold off, but then you know, a lot of other products sold off alongside it um, just because at, at the end of the day, anytime you have a significant event, you know, there's going to be liquidation you know, type events that kind of correspond with that. So then you saw you know, gold come down at the, at the same time you had a massive market you know, kind of meltdown there. And you know, the primary goal of, of what you're kind of bringing on with the CTA is kind of getting a little bit of, of non-correlation or even negative correlation to that. So that way, if there's an event where kind of everything across the board is being sold off, at, you know, you have a, a component of your portfolio that, that will not kind of go along with that move. And we sure. saw a lot of that with the overall CTA industry itself, as it's kind of geared for that. And, there's, and, and a lot of the inherent characteristics in futures makes it kind of more efficient uh, to come about it in the futures landscape. Okay. And uh, I'm sure there's some people listening who have heard of hedge funds, some of them have heard of CTA funds. I know there's some hedge funds that might use options and futures. Um, are some CTA funds also referred to as hedge funds? Um, and can you define kind of the difference between those terms for people listening? Yeah, so basically your, your CTA is your commodities trading advisor, and they're going to be um, limited primarily to trading futures contracts. Now, they do this primarily in two ways. So they can work with you as a separately managed account, or they can have their commodity pool, at which point they'll be also a commodity pool operator. And then you're basically joining into a fund, which has its own advantages in terms of taxation. Um, so basically, they operate in primarily two methods. And the, the benefits of the, of, of, of the futures industry, basically, in general, is that you, you have certain efficiencies over kind of the equities products. Uh, on a basic level, you know, a lot of the commodities started getting exposure um, to RIAs and, and high net worth investors, you know, through the use of ETFs. And what people might not uh, fully understand, and we especially saw this in the crude oil sell-off, is that these ETFs are um, based in the futures markets, you know, as an overall um, underlying product. So some ETFs may have a physical under, underlying holding. But a lot of your ETFs that are going to be your crude oil ETF or um, some of your grains ETFs, they're actually, without, um, without you going through the prospectus, a lot of people really aren't sure how they're actually achieving those returns. So mm-hmm. if you take a step back, you know, futures is, is going to be something that you want to have direct access to to kind of be more efficient um, 
because ETFs are basically investing in the futures market. And unless you go through the prospectus, you might not be 100% sure, are they buying just the front month contract? Uh, are we in a, a contango situation where uh, there could be uh, a negative basis from rolling that contract as we saw with crude oil? So a lot of, uh, a lot of what uh, investors are see starting to see in the futures world is that they can actually come and trade directly in the futures market and be a little bit more efficient and kind of avoid certain uh, kind of herd characteristics that might be there with ETFs so they have more flexibility with, with where along the futures curve that they might invest as well as um, you know, the decreased margin requirements. Right, um, right. Perfect example is the uh, USO fund that had money pouring in from retail investors while they had big losses, right? But investors just kept on piling in because they didn't understand the futures contracts that the USO ETF, you know, was basically based on. They weren't buying a spot price on, on oil. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't really what they probably thought they were getting. Uh, and a lot of investors, you know, lost money on coming into that because of that disconnect that you're just talking about, I think. Right. I think that, um, you know, ETFs definitely serve their purpose. Purpose. Uh, it, it, they, they, they have a positive nature to them. But there are inner workings, like you said. And when, when there are, uh, especially issues that we saw with crude oil, in essence, we had a, a situation where, you know, delivery uh, was upcoming. There was only a couple days left in the expiration date of that contract. And what happens is, you know, you have a liquidation type event where you had people that had to close out their contracts before they were going to be you know, physically held to, you know, to deliver or receive those products. And what happens is, you know, on the, when you trade in the futures market, you get to pick based on each product has its own months that are you know, associated with delivery. And at, at a certain point, when you approach that date, the product can become more volatile. And typically, you would want to roll out to the next month. Um, when you're investing in ETFs, basically you're at the, you're at, you're participating in whatever that ETF does. And when an ETF hits a certain size, that ETF alone can cause significant market disruptions, whether it was related to a domestic ETF or uh, an offshore ETF, as you know, I saw in the news. Right. Um, in essence, by, by trading in the futures markets directly, you can actually uh, tailor your strategy to where you want to be given what you think will happen in what time frame. Uh, there's a level of seasonality. There's a, there's a level of consumption with every product. And okay. uh, that's something that you can utilize. Right, right. Okay. What's the number one due diligence question that uh, a CTA fund should ask, you know, a group like yours and trying to figure out who's the best firm to, to get their service through and to get their brokerage through? I and mean, what's that? Maybe, maybe nobody asks you the question, but what is the question that they should be asking you, you think? Uh, in the space to make sure they make a wise decision? Well, in terms of uh, an allocation to an advisor or just um, uh, participating in the futures industry, um, I guess the first and foremost is that you know, with every product, there's, there's a certain level of diversification that you have to have. Uh, so uh, you know, investors should definitely avoid concentration into any particular asset class, any particular instrument, any, any, any positive correlation should always be examined to make sure that you're fully, you know, kind of diversified across the spectrum. Because at the end of the day, nobody ever really knows what's going to happen. Um, all you can sort of do is, is kind of best position yourself for what could happen. Um, right. I think on the due diligence perspective, you know, on the ETF side, um, 
you know, everyone should always have a full understanding of anything that they invest in. Um, and, and also the risks that are inherent in that, uh, be it an ETN or an ETF, even the basic level uh, between just that. When you start looking at CTAs that you want to invest in, uh, not only do you look at their tear sheets, uh, that a tear sheet is something that they might provide um, to say, you know, this is how I've done, this is sort of some basic uh, statistics on my program. You, you always want to go through and, and, and do the proper due diligence there as well. So you want to kind of you know, go through their disclosure document, get a good understanding of what they do, what their risk profile looks like. Uh, typically, you can always look for uh, more detailed, you know, more detailed uh, figures on their returns, uh, especially if they're a short-term program. You can kind of see the daily volatility because right. uh, a monthly tear sheet kind of just takes a snapshot at the last day of the month, but intra-month, you know, there's a lot of information that's kind of missing. So, you know, what I would right. recommend for anybody that with, with any investment advisor, you know, to get a good idea of how they manage your money is to get more of a more of an in-depth kind of review of, of so you have an expectation because you know volatility of an advisor is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that you should be aware of going into any investment. Uh, right. You know, there's obviously going to be some return expectation that goes alongside any increased volatility. So that that's something that um, is very important for people to look at. Right. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Great. Well, I think this is an area that um, we haven't focused a lot on at the Family Office Club, and I think a lot of family offices need more sophistication. Uh, in this area and need to learn about it. So happy to have you as part of the Family Office Club. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you and uh, have a phone call or get some materials on, on how to work together with you? You know, the best way to reach out to me is either going to be through you or even just calling us directly to just have a conversation. Um, you know, our direct number is you know, 954-500-0500. And um, obviously anybody on Family Office Club can reach out to you and, and reach out to me. Um, sure. I, we obviously have a website, but it's, it's pretty basic. In terms of most of what we do is everything is so unique depending on every investor's and family office's situation. A lot of the times, uh, family offices, they might not require CTAs, but they might say, you know what, I need a more efficient uh, kind of uh, a way to protect my overall portfolio. How can I do that in the future side? Uh, you know, how can I get exposure to crude oil, but I don't necessarily, you know, should I buy the ETF or can I trade in the futures markets? We get a lot of questions like that. And a lot sure. of what we do is, is we kind of serve as a partner in their business to make sure that they have the most efficient way to kind of build that infrastructure out. Right. And, uh, and it's gone pretty well. So, cool. um, so yeah, anybody, people are welcome anytime and, and, and you know, my kind of, my viewpoint on everything is if I can provide information that's helpful to people, then, you know, okay. that makes me happy. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being uh, part of this here and perhaps maybe on a, uh, a webinar down the road or a discussion panel, we can have you sh share more on futures and uh, CTA funds, et cetera. We'll be happy to uh, connect anyone who would like to get in touch with Daniel. And uh, thanks again for your time today. Uh, thanks, Richard. Have a wonderful day. And hopefully this all blows over relatively soon. I look forward to, uh, Many of the events that you have, they're always a great time, and uh, I can't wait till we do it again. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.